0: We hear a portion of that word which is a light unto our path. We hear the words that Luke wrote in chapter 17 of the book of Acts, 10 through 12. As soon as it was night, the brothers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. And arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, For they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Many of the Jews believed, as also did a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. Have you ever thought about playing God? You saw maybe one of your thoughts, you could zap those people who were mean to you. Or take away hurt or cancer just with a snap of your finger. Now, maybe many or most of us have, have thought that for a time or two. Well, how about this? If you were God... How would you get more people to believe in Jesus as their Savior so they would be saved from damnation and hell and be able to live a more peaceful life in this world and a eternal, joy-filled life in heaven? So being God, you could do anything any way that you wanted, and it would happen. That's what God can do. How would you do that? Maybe send angels riding on lightning. Or have somebody as a believer who has died come back to life and then be that witness. Well, after they came to faith, how would you go about keeping them believing in Jesus Christ? Maybe when they started to fall away a little bit, you'd have all kinds of colors in, 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 the, in the skies. How about when those people come along and, and speak things that, that are false about God or about God's word? What would you do to them? Maybe as soon as the words came out of their mouth, they could turn green. Or maybe they could die on the spot. I guess that'd be going a little far, wouldn't it? Thankfully, we don't have to come up with all kinds of strange and uh, science fiction kinds of ways to figure out God's plan for salvation and his way of sharing that because he tells us clearly in his word. He says, be the church. Be in the world. Be in that wonderful word. First being the word like a noble Berean. The Apostle Paul and Silas find themselves in Berea. God had chosen Paul to be one of the main missionaries, to go to those uh, Gentile people, those who weren't Jewish, so they also could know about Jesus. Paul brought along an assistant, Silas. Now, Paul had been one of those who had persecuted Christians. But on the road to Damascus, when he was heading to do that once again, Jesus Christ appeared to him personally and called him to believe in Jesus Christ. Now, there's a plan for you, right? Why not have Jesus appear to every unbeliever and personally call them to faith? No one could do it better. That's not God's plan. Jesus sent Paul. Paul took Silas along. And what did they do? Well, they spoke the Word of God. First of all, the Old Testament to uh, people that had a Jewish background. And what they reminded them was all the Old Testament. Promises and prophecies about a Savior who would come someday. And then they would fill Jesus into all those blanks. And show them by scripture that Jesus indeed was that Savior. Was that one who would come to rescue all. That's the message that they shared from town to town in Macedonia, that portion of northern Greece today. The question is, what would the people do with the message, the message about Jesus? Now, the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness, examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul had said was true. Those to whom Paul and Silas gave witness were indeed a mixture, probably, of those of Jewish background and Greek. And they're described by, by Luke as being a more noble character. That doesn't mean they were nobility or some kind of a royalty. It means they were open-minded. They were receptive to the message that Paul and Silas were sharing with them. They're open to consider what this Jesus was all about, that they were hearing for the first time. See, then the Holy Spirit would come and do his special work, right, of calling them to repentance through the law, but then assuring them of that forgiveness through the wonderful gospel. So what happened to a number of these Bereans? We're told they received the message with great eagerness. Why? Well, look at the world they lived in. They lived in a world that was without hope. They lived in a world that had uh, no way of getting rid of guilt over sin. They had no clue about uh, the future or what happens after a person dies. Oh, no, they had a lot of religions and philosophies uh, in this uh, part of the world. The Greeks, right, they were the great philosophers, But none of them satisfied. None of them them seemed to answer the deep questions that were bothering a person's soul. So now comes along some people who have this this new religion, these these new teachings. And they seem to answer the questions. And they answer them so well. It's sort of like A man dying of thirst comes upon this bubbling spring of water, right? And that person can't drink enough. They keep drinking and drinking and drinking. That's how the Bereans were. Eager, excited, couldn't get enough of this good news about this Jesus who had come into this world to pay for sins, their sins too, not just a select group of people. Oh, to be excited, hear the word, eager to hear the word like these Bereans. How neat it was to see the three, four, and five-year-olds that came to junior Bible camp, how eager they were to come each morning. And at that first morning, they, they eagerly and excitedly heard about a Jesus who welcomes them, whether they're three years old, or four years old, or five years old, or whatever age they are because Jesus loved them personally. Coming back the next day, they, they were still excited. And they learned that one, Jesus was born as, as a little baby. And as he grew, he was once three years old and four years old and five years old. He knew what it was like to be those ages, and he came to take their place. Eagerly, they came to the, the next day also. And they, they learned that Jesus was not just... just a man, but he was also Almighty God. And if he wanted to, he could calm a storm with his words and promises to be with them and help calm the storms in their life. Oh, they even came back on, on Thursday eager to hear about what I told them was going to be a, a sad and happy story that day. The sad story was that people sin and they sin whether they're 3 years old or 4 years old or 5 years old or their helpers or teachers or their pastors. Jesus never did. He took our place. But he also took our place their place on the cross. And they are uplifted on Friday by hearing the Most wonderful news that this Jesus, who lived and died for them, came alive for them, now is going to go into heaven, not to leave them, but to prepare a special place where they could go and be with him forever. And he's going to come back and come back for them soon. Oh, to be a three- or four- or five-year-old again. To be excited about who Jesus was and, and, and what he did for them. To be a, a Berean. What excited them? Well, there's lots of things, I suppose. Yes, we had neat snacks and they had a fun time and uh, there were some balloons that, that they had at the end, uh, crafts to do. But hopefully what excited them is, is the word of God taught by teachers in ways that they could understand, in ways that the Holy Spirit could communicate them. That powerful, almighty word of God works if you're three and four and five and whatever age you are. It's amazing, and it's powerful. Now, Paul and Silas, whenever possible, seemed to go to the place where the Jewish people would be in these towns, synagogues usually, because it was made sense, right? They were looking for the promised Jewish Savior. The promised Jewish Savior came but they didn't only talk to them. They talked to anybody that they, they would come in contact with. And so would the Jewish people that came to know Jesus. They would share that with their friends. And they would share it in an exciting way. But not only were they of more noble character in the fact that they were eager to hear and excited about it, they were a more noble character. Because they went home and examined their scriptures, the Old Testament for the Jewish people, to see if it was really true. See, we are not saved by what men tell us. We're saved by what God tells us in Holy Scripture. Jesus' words are the words that count. Men and women make mistakes. Say things that are incorrect. So do pastors and teachers. If you're going to base your eternal salvation on something, it better be something firm and it better be something solid. It better be something that lasts. And that's God and his word. See, the devil is terribly deceptive. He was then as he is now. He loves nothing more than to mix false things into true things so that we are confused, so that we believe something and it isn't correct. The Burians, eager to hear it, thorough to study it. That's what Luke wrote. What would Luke write about you and me? What would he say about how eager we are to hear God's word on a regular basis? What would we say about what we do after we hear the word? Whether it's in a Bible study or a sermon or something you read in a, in a meditation, we actually go back and, and study that and see, is that right? Is that the proper context? Is that what the meaning really was of that section? Ourselves? How willing are we to bring those who don't know Jesus yet to come to things at church, to come to activities, to encourage them to bring their children to the junior Bible camp or the VBSs that will be coming? You know people that don't know Jesus, I don't know him very well. You care about those people. Some of them you do anything for. Will you share Jesus with them? The Bereans, Bereans seemed to do that. Do your friends and neighbors who are non-Christians know how much you love Jesus? Is that communicated by the words you speak and the way that you act? What are you going to do today after you leave church? You can go home and and open up your Bible to the book of Acts and, and see what happened to Paul in the other towns he went to. How willing are we to do that? Do we ever get lazy? Just listen to other people, right? And uh, trust them without being sure ourselves. Those of you who are computer savvy, right? You have at your fingertips some of the most strongest dynamic Bible-studying tools available, right? You can search words. You can search uh, message. You can search all kinds of things. But the question is, Do you? Or do we get kind of bored with God's Word at times? You know, some of you were here five days this week with me, weren't you? And now you got to listen to me on Sunday. Oh, man. Right? Um, So then maybe we find other things to do at times. We avoid digging deeper. Besides, Pastor, we're busy and we only have so much time. But isn't it interesting how we find time? to watch our favorite television shows or play that video game. Now, if we find time for that and not for God's word, we need to repent, right? Repent of our lack of eagerness and our lack of desire to find out more and be sure of what we believe and confident of what we can tell other people. Then we receive that wonderful forgiveness that Paul and Silas shared and our teachers shared with those little ones this week. And you hear shared from God's word every time you come to this church. Oh, to be a three and four and five year old excited to come to junior Bible camp. Oh, to be a, a Berean. May God incite in each one of us that part of us who loves God's word and wants to grow in God's word. Be the church. By being in the word, like a noble noble Berean, and then expect sure and certain results. When you share the word, first expect strong resistance. Why? Because we have a sinful flesh, and so does everyone else. As soon as it was night, the brothers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. Now, why would you send anybody away in those times at night? They didn't have headlights on their cars. Okay, they didn't have cars, right? They didn't have rapid ways to get in place. They didn't have street lamps. It was not safe at night, anyplace. For sure, on deserted roads, going from one town to another. Why in the world would they do that? Well, if you look at the context, look at some verses before that, you'll see this in verse 5. These are the people that were in Thessalonica. But the Jews were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. Satan does not go down easy. He has a death grip on souls, and the only thing that can break that death grip Is a message about Jesus. Paul and Silas knew that message and they wanted to share that. You know that message. You've been saved by that message. Share that message. We can be confident that when we speak the things about Jesus, that he lived that that perfect life, doing everything that God desires, And then he went and suffered on the cross for us not doing the things that God desires perfectly. Holy Spirit then works. The devil didn't win in Thessalonica or in Berea, and it won't win here either. Jesus wins, and we're on his side. Be ready like Paul and Silas to be amazed by the power of the word. Many of the Jews believed, as did a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. See, the amazing God works through his amazing word. That's his plan. Now, you and I might have thought of a better plan, at least in our estimation. God says, no, I'm going to use people like you, equipped with God's word, Empowered by the Holy Spirit to save people from hell and damnation. That's his plan. And it's a perfect plan, even though he uses imperfect people. He hasn't told us any other plan. And through that word, people are called to repentance and assured of their forgiveness. The Holy Spirit works through the Word. He works that Word to encourage us in difficult times, to uplift us when we are weary and down and tired, to encourage us when we are sad and we, when we are mourning. Does it work? Absolutely. You know that. It's worked in your lives and it works in others' lives also not because of who we are, but because of who God is and what he does through that word. God's amazing word. uses people like you and me and the Bereans. How interesting it is that John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, describes Jesus this way. John 1.1, 1, 1, he says, In the beginning was the word. He's talking about Jesus Christ, right? And it talks about him as if he is the essence of the word himself. And the word was with God. Of course he was with God. And the word was God. Jesus is God. And always will be. He was with God in the beginning. But out of love, this word, this God chose to take on human flesh. And he made his dwelling among us. Isn't that something? He came to live with people like you and me so that someday we could live with him in perfection in heaven. We have seen the glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Dear friends, be the church. Be in the word. Be a part of God's body. That, 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 collection, that, that group of, of all believers of all time. How long do you think the Bereans were eager and excited to hear the word and, and went and examined it every night? How long? How long do you think those three, four, and five-year-olds are going to be excited about the message that they heard this week about Jesus and his love? I don't know. A better question is, though, how long are you going to be still eager for the Word and thirst for that Word and receive that Word and be open, be the noble and open to, the, to what God has to tell you and what He wants you to do in your life and how He wants you to share Him with us? How open are you going to be? That question you can answer because a lot of that's up to you. You make the decisions whether you're going to read the meditation when you wake up in the morning or read that Bible that sits by your bed every night. You make that decision. You make that choice. And God promises to bless us when that choice is to be excited and eager to hear the word and and, and dig in that word and mind that word for all that it has to say for us each day of our life. Again, we have wonderful tools available. Bible studies to invite you to. Small groups coming up in the fall. Meditations if you don't have one in the back. Bibles if you don't have one available. Devotion that can come to you every day from our church body. Right there on your computer. Start your day with God. Live that day with God. Dear friends, be a Berean. Be the church. Be in the word. Amen. Dear Lord, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Amen.